Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and Anne Guest. Welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, episode number 137. I'm Paul Spain. And I'm Bill Bennett. Welcome along, Bill. Always good to have you on the podcast as a guest. And it's nice to be here. And for new listeners, maybe you can fill them in on uh, where you fit into the technology world. I'm a journalist. I write about technology, and you can find my stuff all over the shop. But um, I have a website, billbennett.co.nz. Excellent. Well, uh, let's dive in. Now, Windows 8.1. People have been waiting for this, or what was originally codenamed Windows Blue. And it's supposed to bring, uh, well, there's been quite a bit of info released about it. We have talked about it on the podcast before, uh, but it brings quite a lot of fine-tuning to Windows 8, addressing some of those things that people didn't uh, didn't quite like, tweaking others, and, and, and really just upping the overall experience. Is this something you're excited about? It's going to be available in, uh, in beta uh, yeah, by the end of the week. I think I'll be getting it by the end of the week. I, I'm actually... Um I'm enjoying Windows 8, but not as much as I hoped I'd enjoy it. Um, and that's because it's just not that great on a desktop without a touchscreen. Um, it's, you know, it's got that sort of touchscreen design. It's just lacking something without a touchscreen. Okay, that's interesting because I, I use it. I mean, I use it, at, you know, my... Uh uh, what I used to do on Windows Seven, I guess, it moved over to you know Windows Eight uh, before Windows Eight came out. And you know, a lot of the time, what I'm doing is just working in front of my my big screen with a, you know keyboard and mouse as you usually would, and that stuff just operates you know for, for me anyway, uh, exactly the same as it always did. But you get the advantage of the fact that you turn your computer on and oh, I didn't have to wait for that to start up. You know, it's virtually instant. Th- those, yeah. so- those sorts of things. That, what what, what lacks for you when you're working on the desktop? Um, occasionally, you, occasionally you hit something which takes you to a metro screen. We're not supposed to call it metro, a modern screen. Yeah. And that's just irritating. Um, otherwise... Yeah, that's true. There are, there are those sort of things where you've got to do a little bit of tweaking to avoid, yeah. you know, double-click on a photo and it takes you into... Uh, you know the, the the new Windows world when actually you're just trying to do something in that desktop uh, yeah. context and you, and you may not be too keen to, uh, to to flick across. And the search is a bit weird still. I mean, you you know, if you want to search for a document, that can be a little difficult. It's yeah, yeah. And that was one of the one of the highlights of Windows 8.1 is the way that they've got a, a what looks like a really nice sort of converged. Uh, uh, searching mechanism built in, so I think yeah. that, that was that was definitely. I mean, I've learned uh, to search. If I if I want to search for anything now, I have to open and explore a window and search in the search bar there, rather than go to the search charm, which is just a bit clumsy. Yeah, the search charm. You had to choose what you wanted to search in, yeah. rather than just doing 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 a search, right? But yeah, but there's another really annoying thing about it, and that is is that supposing you're searching for a document, and I've got something like eight thousand documents. If you get the wrong one, you've got to go back to the start all over again. You can't go back to the list. The, that list disappears. Yeah, it doesn't remember it, does it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, no. And and I think everyone will have those sort of unique things, yeah, particularly with a new platform, which... Yeah, to a to a large extent, Windows Windows eight, uh, you know, has has delivered quite a, uh, you know, a new experience. You know, other than when you're sitting on your usual uh, usual desktop, which isn't so different. And uh, yeah, there are those oddities, which uh, I guess they're trying to uh, they're trying to smooth off the edges where they where they uh, didn't didn't quite get it, uh, maybe a bit sharp or a bit rough, uh, first time around. So this this should be uh, interesting to see what the what the broader uh, response is to it. But when I've used it on a touchscreen device, it's fabulous as a touchscreen operating system. So, 
There you go. And we're seeing more and more touchscreens. Uh, thanks, and in part, I guess, for you know, the, the rest of the year, we expect the very large majority of uh, notebooks coming out uh, to be touchscreen based. And, and thanks, in part, to Intel for uh, you know raising the specifications on uh, what an ultrabook needs to be. So, for a, a laptop to be classed as an ultrabook, it has to have a touchscreen uh, go- going forward with this new generation of uh, Haswell chips. Yeah, but I've got this. I've just got this feeling there's a whole class of user that doesn't really want touchscreens. And if they do want a touchscreen, they get a tablet. So. There is that issue. <laughs> yeah, I suppose there is, but yeah, there are, there are some people that you know, maybe don't use all the USB ports on their computer or use their Ethernet jack and yeah. so on. But it, it's it's there. There's no downside probably to oh. uh, uh, to having it in there, is there? Oh, and Paul, people will moan about anything. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, so I guess some, someone has to, and we've got to have something to moan about. Now, uh, uh, BlackBerry have, of course, just you know, just in, in the last uh, in the last week or two, of course, they they launched their uh, Newest handset, the Z10 here in New Zealand, and we're still waiting on the Q10, which is uh, the one with the, the keyboard. I'm I, I'm actually quite. I like that Z10. It's a really good phone. If BlackBerry had managed to get that out, say, eighteen months earlier, they would have had a huge chance of you know being a, a very dominant phone in the market. It's probably it's probably at least a year later than it should have arrived. So, what about their their uh, most recent uh, move? And of course, you know, one was making their uh, BlackBerry Messenger uh, software available more uh, more widely, bringing that to uh, iOS and Android. And then uh, today, we've we've heard about they're launching what they're calling a secure workspace for iOS and Android, uh, which you know basically will will allow you to uh, you know have secure access to email and, and calendar and so on within those environments that will link back to BlackBerry's, you know, corporate uh, messaging service so that, uh, you know, corporates can uh, yeah. keep the BlackBerry server that, that, that they may have used for many, many years but, uh, you know, deliver that secure content down to non-BlackBerry devices. Is, is, that, uh, it's, is that something that you think is going to work or, or, or again, are they uh, it's a, a bit too far behind on it? No, I think it's a strategy. I think that BlackBerry is setting itself up so that it has a future even if it's not making devices. And that could be it. Could you know that there could be a rump BlackBerry at some point, which is effectively a software company. Mm, mm. Yeah, I think they're they're uh, they're smart to do this because yeah, they don't want to lose everyone's revenue no. just because somebody likes the look of a of a competing device a little bit more or likes some of the services or software. But it does that's, lock that's available in. on a, on another device because there still are a lot of organisations, particularly. You know, government organisations in the, in the in the US and the like, and and I think lots of other ones around the world that uh, that still use BlackBerry. And yeah. uh, you know, if this uh, if this means that those people don't have to completely get rid of BlackBerry, they can have a bit of, a bit of both. I, well, th- I think they can work. And there's another aspect to it that's really important, and that is is that you get BlackBerry um, in there. It's a beachhead inside the organisation. It gives your people a chance to talk to the company about you know. Oh, perhaps you made up to buy some devices to go with this software. Um, it, it just keeps the dialogue open. It keeps the contacts with their key customers. So, smart mm. move. Mm. All right. Now, in New Zealand, sharing a little bit of news uh, recently, and we've got uh, they've got. Uh, in fact, at the at the air show in uh, in Paris, uh, their new Airbus A three twenty was uh, was shown off. 
Yeah, great. Now, what, what, do, you, what do you think about uh, the, these new planes? What's, what's the highlight of the, you know, the new A320 compared to uh, the, you know, the previous A320s that have, that have well, been around? I'm a big fan of the A320s because there's enough seat room for my legs. I mean, it's, it's that simple. Um, the other planes, I tend to get uh, bruised knees on, a, on any flight more than about an hour. We go further than Wellington. It's a struggle to walk afterwards, but the, um, the 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 main thing about these is I think they're just a much much more fuel efficient. Is that right? Yeah, they've yeah. Uh, they, they're talking about quite a big, uh, well, a really dramatic increase in in fuel efficiency, and I'm still trying to get my head around you know how uh, how they're able to do that. They're, they're, they're talking about the um, uh, two point four meter high. Um, um, sharklets that are at the, at the, they're calling them at the end of the uh, of the wing. I don't think that's the only. I mean, it's like go faster stripes on a car, isn't it? Well, <laughs> there must be some sort of impact on on uh, your fuel efficiency because that they're they're uh, they're they're highlighting um, that you know on these A320s complete, compared to the previous planes, um, potentially eighteen percent less fuel per passenger. Yeah. Um, although that is being compared with a seven three seven three hundred, so uh, yeah, it's not a direct comparison with the other A three twenty. So that's probably the point, I guess. If you compared uh, the new, uh, you know, Sharklet A three twenty with the old one, um, maybe it's a much, uh, you know, a much smaller difference. Because when we hear yeah. about the uh, the Boeing seven eight seven Dreamliner, which uh, you know, Air New Zealand also you know confirmed. Uh, uh, you know some more details around uh, them getting their, their their first of those next year. Uh, they're talking about a twenty percent uh, you know decrease in uh, you know in running costs for uh, you know per I guess on a per passenger uh, you know basis. And a huge amount of that is just the weight, just the lower weight of the um, of the plane. I think because you've got um, you've got a carbon, carbon fiber yeah. uh, you know plane. Yeah, the materials uh, completely yeah. different build to uh, you know to to really any any previous uh, commercial uh, jet, right? Yeah, yeah. So, looking forward to uh, yeah to, to seeing the Dreamliner in action, but those are uh, those are starting to um, well they're, they're they're well underway from a production perspective, and uh, Air New Zealand's right at the front of the queue, which is really cool. Uh, in fact, I think uh, some of the the first ones are, you know are going to be used for uh, testing and the like, and then will be uh, retrofitted into. Uh, into an Air New Zealand plane after after that, so uh, and I'm told that they're going to be mainly used for going to Asia. Yeah, to talking about Asia and Pacific Islands and and yeah. um, and the like, maybe uh, you know uh, Hawaii. Maybe I'll go back to flying again. <laughs> flying? Were you a pilot once? No, no, no. I'm actually <laughs> traveling somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so uh, yeah, so good, good, good stuff there to see. Uh, you know, in New Zealand, staying reasonably at the forefront with these new things. I, I guess what they're missing is the uh, the the Airbus A three eighty, but of course that's that's about squeezing lots and lots of people onto onto one plane, and you know that doesn't seem to be the model that uh, that you know in New Zealand are are, uh, are going for. They're more about having. Uh, uh, you know, more regular flights with, uh, with with lesser passengers. Yeah, those 380s are for sort of high-density routes um, where there's lots of people travelling between two destinations. I mean, although a lot of Kiwis fly, we just don't have those high-density routes. No, I mean, Emirates is the, uh, you know, is the main one that sort of, you know, comes and goes, yeah. doesn't it, with their uh, A- A380s. Uh, now, 
Orcon, we, we mentioned last week about Orcon having an, an announcement and uh, we were we were unfortunately under an embargo so we didn't know the details but uh, we, we weren't allowed to, uh, we agreed not to, not to share those things. Uh, so what they, what they launched last week was um, a, a, I guess it's, it's a new app for their customers that's free and uh, of course what Orcon delivers with their Orcon uh, Genius service is a um, you know internet based calling service for your home uh, your home phone mm. and what uh, Orcon Genius Go does is it takes that home um, you know, home line in a traditional sense it's not really a physical phone line these days uh, and uh, and puts it onto your smartphone so for instance your home number can ring on your mobile phone there's no cost to receive that call uh, other than the cost of you know any data uh, transferred if you're not on wi-fi uh, and you can uh, you can use it to make outgoing calls just as you would from your home home line and of course uh, you know um, landline calls or voice over IP calls are, are very very low compared to what we're used to paying for mobile calls and um, apparently you can use it from overseas so you can be sitting in say London and get a call in your home line or, or call out from your home line and it's you're just paying for the data yeah it doesn't matter it doesn't matter yeah. where where in the world you are right yeah so, mind, mind you roaming data is not cheap <laughs> Uh, well, yes, yes, and no. I mean, that's certainly come down a yeah, lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, from from uh, you know later last year when uh, when Vodafone la- launched their new roaming uh, data offerings. In some countries, it's uh, you know it's becoming fairly reasonable, particularly Australia. And it's capped um, with telecom as well. And then yeah, and the telecom yeah. have launched. Uh, yeah, theirs is a different model as telcos always yeah. want to come up with something a little bit different, so they can't be directly compared. Uh, but th- those rates are, are so much lower. But if you're on Wi-Fi, then you know those sort of dramas uh, disappear. So, yeah, you could be sitting at a at an airport or wherever somewhere in the world Cafe, and, uh, yeah. and and calling somebody that's in Auckland, and uh, you know it's effectively a, f- a free call. Yeah, and the quality is quite good on those on those lines. I, mm. I've seen. Yeah. So now, what do you think the impact of this is going to be on our on our big? You know, telcos, uh, Orcon being, I guess, what about the number four uh, player in the in the market now that uh, you know Telstra Clear is is part of uh, well part of Vodafone. It's what's what's really going on is that Orcon's differentiating itself from the others and offering uh, its own set of services, whereas the others tend to be service. I mean, their offerings tend to be pipes and um, and bulk things. Orcon's actually going for some value added stuff. So it's really about, I would, I would imagine it's really about Orcon differentiating itself to get market share. And what's really going on with the IP, ISP space is they're all trying to bulk up ahead of the UFB coming in because once you get that UFB, this that kind of service, that kind of value-added service is the only way they can differentiate themselves. There's no longer a, you know, when the service is universal, um, then the only point of difference is how you bundle it up and add value to it. And if you can differentiate with you know key services that your customers come to rely on, then they're never going to go anywhere else no. if, if the uh, if the competition uh, you know can't uh, can't match that. Yeah, get them hooked on it. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Now uh, another service that, uh, that that also is is in the area of, of innovation from uh, local internet providers. Uh, is the global mode offering that Slingshot uh, launched uh, last week as well? Yeah, and actually, I'd like that and the <laughs> yeah. voiceover P process. So, so for those that haven't uh, haven't caught the details, global mode really allow it allows you to access 
you know, services such as Netflix from the US without having to jump through the hoops that uh, you previously had to. And, you know, we've got an article up at nztechpodcast.com on how to access those US services and international services like Netflix. But one of the hoops you always had to jump through was either a VPN or another yeah. uh, you know, proxying service to uh, to access the likes of Netflix. You want to get one of these you know low cost uh, TV and movie streaming services. Uh, you know, Netflix being eight US dollars a month. Uh, I mean, very very attractive, but quite complicated to set up. So this really simplifies the process, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, with my router that, that I'm using at the moment, I can't even do that because I can't set the IP addresses on it. So so this would solve those kind of problems for a lot of people and let's face it we don't all want to be sort of hardcore telecommunications engineers setting up things like vpns and so on it's much better to let someone do it so once again we what we've got here is some product differentiation from a you know smart clever product differentiation from an isp it's interesting that they're actually they are separating out in these ways with these offerings. Mm. But what what was uh, what what was pretty uh, amusing, and uh, you know, I, I said when uh, when TV three interviewed me about it last week that uh, that Slingshot's official line on this was was pretty laughable. They're basically saying that oh, this is a service so that uh, you know. Uh, visitors from overseas can can access their uh, you know their services while while they're in uh, while they're in New Zealand and I thought you know it was pretty entertaining that they've that they've taken that approach but you can understand why they're uh, why they don't want to step up to the precipice and uh, and 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 maybe say exactly uh, you know what their target audience is well, and what s- what they're hoping people will do. Uh, with it because they don't want to uh, you know stir up any sort of legal challenge maybe from uh, you know content rights holders that are saying oh so you've del- you're deliberately offering this service so that uh, you know people can access uh, um, you know content that maybe isn't uh, yeah licensed for the New Zealand market I was going to say that that slingshots um, justification could be put on one of those twoies ads <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um, the the um, the guts of it is is that they, there's a there's some, there is something to be worried about because there was a previous service, the um, the MaxNet one, fix that that launched. Yeah. Uh, was it May May two thousand and twelve? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, and that obviously didn't last. And um, you got know, about of a week out of it before the uh, plug was pulled, right? Yeah. And uh, no one's really saying why that plug was pulled, but we can make a we can make some reasonable guesses. Um, so yeah, don't fly above the parapet too high, too high, too high. Yeah. All right, well, let's hope that one sticks around because it is certainly something that's good for consumers and it does, uh, you know, stir up rights holders to make content more broadly available. And, uh, you know, we... We either need the you know the the big players like uh, you know Sky and our and our broadcasters to start you know offering content in better ways, uh, or for them to uh, you know open up uh, the or, or change the uh, the agreements that they have in place so the likes of uh, QuickFlix can get all the content, uh, or um, you know or we need services like this to uh, you know to get at the content right. Yeah, and of course there is another development in that area already with the um the english premier league yeah and i uh, think that deal. that really stirs things up doesn't it so we've got uh, coliseum entertainment uh, or coliseum sports media uh, should i say uh who they've they've basically signed the deal to um uh distribute the english premier league uh, you know soccer matches within new zealand which they're going to do via uh, uh 
uh, a free-to-air game on yeah. TVNZ once a week. And uh, and then, you know, for, for those that uh, want to uh, subscribe, uh, you know, for $150 um, a season, uh, people can, uh, can, can watch... As, as many games as they uh, as they like through uh, through their computer or tablet etc yeah i'll be getting it i'm sure it's it's a bit it's interesting it strikes me it's it's like the unbundling of music that happened with itunes you know if you want to buy one track off an album now for a dollar 79 you can instead of buying the whole album for a one what is it, 18 99 or whatever mm. In much the same way that you have to buy the whole of Sky for 120 to 150 bucks a month, you can now just pick out the bits you want. So, you know, in my house, we pick out the soccer and the rugby and the cricket. Mm, and mm. in someone else's house, they'll pick out the motorsport or Wimbledon or whatever. It's the way things are going to go. I guess, you know, to a degree, Sky had to do something like this in the past because of uh, you know, maybe the costs of of, of set top boxes and yeah. uh, you know the the, the cost of uh, you know satellite feeds and, and and so on. But as we move into an internet world where you can do these things very granular, uh, you know, on a granular basis, delivering things over the internet, then all of those sort of cost structures disappear. It's exactly the and same thing. Is th- that there's room to be more players, isn't there? That yeah. uh, that, are, that are distributing media into into uh, even a small market like New Zealand. But it's but it's also that they had to have scale to in order to be you know a profit business and, they, and to be able to bulk up to be able to buy those um, properties overseas. That's right and I mean what we've got here are some entrepreneurs with some good backing that have been able to spend and I, I don't know what figures uh, you know you, you've heard but uh, you know well well into the millions um, yeah, for, yeah. For, for these rights yeah. uh, you know on something that isn't an absolutely sure bet but it is the, the start of what will become uh, you know the norm to some degree uh, in in the future, which is uh, you know pure uh, online access to you know a whole range of uh, a whole range of, of content without having to uh, uh, have a Sky TV subscription. Yeah, and there might only be say ten thousand people who you know, ten twenty thousand people who are buy that, but that's that's a good business. Yeah, well, I, I hope it is. I hope it's a good one that uh, sustains for them. Uh, the deal they've signed gives them rights for uh, for three years, so that that should really be enough for them to uh, you know to to make some progress to get underway. Any deals that they need to have with uh, uh, you know the TV manufacturers, so their app can be uh, shipped on TVs. Uh, you know, work work deals in with uh, Sony and Microsoft to be on the PlayStation and on the Xbox. Uh, you know, all of these things are going to come. Probably not all for the first season. Uh, but I think those things will uh, will, will come through, uh, particularly if they do. One thing that they've alluded to is that uh, um, they they may end up uh, with Coliseum Sports Media targeting other markets and not just New Zealand, uh, which would give them some sort of you know scale. Yeah, yeah. All right, now uh, Microsoft has uh, has given in to some of the complaints about um, uh, the. Uh, um, digital rights uh, management with with the Xbox uh, One, and uh, I guess the mocking that they took uh, from uh, from Sony around uh, you know sharing sharing games. It's quite interesting, isn't it? That uh, that, that they've given up so quickly. Well, yeah. do, do you think this is all about the sales numbers and what and what they saw was that a lot more people were uh, pre-ordering the PlayStation than the Xbox, and they realised that uh, you know with you know perception is reality, and uh, you know if people just weren't happy 
with uh, with this difference between them and uh, what what Sony were doing, um, they they just had to change it. Well, I think it's remarkable that when they have when they're faced with direct competition like that, they change straight away. Whereas, you know, why didn't they do do something about the start button on Windows Eight straight away? That took it's taken effectively maybe not a year, but you know, nine ten months to get that fixed. But then they don't have a direct competitor in that Windows space. So. That, that's yeah, that's true. That's well, they, I mean, they're trying to compete with all the tablet operating systems. So you know, in many ways, they're competing with yeah. iOS and and Android to uh, to a degree, and uh, you know, with the Mac operating system too. But uh, I guess that's because it's ahead of launch. They're able to move, you know, pivot quickly on it. No, I don't think so. I think I think it is the competitive threat from Sony that's mm. that's made the Mac uh, this this quickly, and. Is, is it actually a good thing? I mean, there, well, there's, a, there's talk that actually some of the benefits of the digital rights management, um, you know, outweighed the ability to, uh, yeah. you know, to take a piece of, uh, you know, physical media and, uh, you know, and share it with your friends. Well, here's here's the rub, Paul. The, 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 the hardcore gaming community don't like it, but the great unwashed, the mass of people, perhaps the 90% of um, people that would buy these boxes you know, would like to be able to use their old discs and swap them and so on. So it's a, it's a real, it's a question of do you pander to the vanguard or to the, you know, to, to the great, to the masses? Well, it's not much of a choice, really, is there? Mm. You know, if you're not going to sell enough to break even, you're going to have to go with what the um, the masses want. And they cer- certainly don't want to, uh, you know, to, to lose market share compared to what they had with the Xbox 360, which is, you know, yeah. has done incredibly well in the market when you consider the first Xbox sold very poorly. Against the uh, the PlayStation and uh, with, you know with the 360, they've uh, you know certainly in, in the US and I think in, internationally uh, you know been been outselling the PlayStation for uh, you know for quite some time. Well, now. It's, it's one of it's one of Microsoft's brightest spots in the market is the Xbox, and um, it's probably internally one of their sort of happiest groups to be working in. Yep, I would I would think so. Now Samsung uh, had a bit of a bit of a press conference last week. They they announced uh, yeah, a number of products. They, they were focused on this um, yeah, eight of uh, range, which are their uh, uh, the branding that they put now on their Windows devices. So it covers their uh, Windows tablets, um, their yeah, uh, Ultrabooks, laptops, and and also their smartphones. Now uh, the one that uh, that stood out, and we haven't had hands on with this just yet. Uh, but uh, hopefully we'll will do reasonably soon is the um, the eight of Q, and uh, this is sort of a hybrid uh, you know uh, tablet uh, device that runs uh, Windows eight and Android, and it's got a yeah super high resolution uh, you know screen that sort of sits between full HD and and four K uh, resolution uh, thirty two hundred by eighteen hundred. Uh, pixels on a yeah, 13.3 inch screen looks pretty nice it's going to come in at about two grand australian so in new zealand we're probably looking at about two and a half grand i'd say um, which is which is quite a lot of money and I, I still wonder why anyone would want to have android and windows on a on a device though you know well with, i guess if you're running windows 8 uh, then you, you've got you've got a touch operating system. Yeah, exactly. So, and I know personally, you you've got a real personal you know preference that's that's away from Android, particularly on on tablets. Yep. And I know you know there's a we've had a number of guests that are, that sort of dislike Android on a tablet. I actually don't mind it. I don't mind it. Uh, you know, um, you know, so much. I think it works reasonably well in that form factor. But I I don't think I'm looking for a tablet that necessarily has multiple operating systems on it. No, no. I, I, I mean, there's there's obviously there's obviously 
well, what's really going on, I think, is that they're throwing lots of ideas out of the market and seeing what sticks. And it just could be that this could be something that there's a lot of demand for. But well, re- realistically, you know, if we look at uh, the the sales that Samsung are making on products, it's all around Android, yeah. right? I mean, Android is a massively popular. I mean, it is the most popular, uh, you know, mobile operating system, you know, by by all all accounts. Oh, uh, on, on, oh, on, oh no, no, on, no, 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 on no, smartphones. No, Android the family is, but each individual Android is not. I mean, you know, if you look at it at the moment, the 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 um, the various flavors of Android that are out there. There must be five or six now. Everything from you know. Um, Jelly ice cream and ice cream sandwich, and <laughs> you know, you know the the honeycomb world and so on. The thing about Android is, is that it's actually um, it's not one thing; it's many things. And you're right that there's there Android beats any other operating system in terms of you know sheer numbers behind the brand. And certainly, there's you know there there are massive apps, and there are apps that are available. You know, on Android that you know aren't going to be found yeah. on Windows, for instance. Yeah. So I think I think there's some you know there, there's some uh, reasoning behind this that makes it sen- uh, makes sense for uh, for Samsung to try this. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be fascinating to see actually you know how how the market responds. But I guess my key point is that most of the Android devices, uh, you know, other than your top end phones like the uh, you know the the, the uh, Galaxy S four and 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 the Note two and so on. Uh, most of them are, are, you know, are quite good value devices or, yeah. or at lower price points, uh, and this might be good value, but it's certainly at a, at a higher uh, price point from the numbers that uh, that that you're picking. Yeah, yeah, and, and and well, the thing is, is that Samsung's got the it's got the dosh in the bank to go ahead and experiment a bit. That's good. I mean, you know, all credit to them for that. Mm. Um, I, I just think that they're probably searching for a market that may not be there i just get that feeling that a lot of hardware companies are doing that at the moment um they're they're kind of grasping around in the dark because we we're not really sure where we're going with this post pc thing Hmm. well i mean when we look at the um when when we look at the eight of q it's uh you know it's it's an ultra book it's a tablet uh, you know, you've got a nice uh, you know, looking uh, looking keyboard and it's, so on there. It's a set of steak knives. Now, <laughs> at at this price point, we were talking earlier uh, before before we started around the MacBook Air, which, which yeah. we've got here, and this is now a really mature product, great battery life, you know, really consistent product, a much lower price point. Which one of these would you be, you know, would you be buying? What are you lining up to get? Oh, I'm go- I'm 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 just trying to get my act together to get myself a new macbook air but that's because of my work that's because of what i do i mean i'm a i'm essentially a writer so i don't need a lot of other things what i need is a a keyboard and a screen and i can do that do it very well on an ipad but i'm just thinking you know the macbook air is a little bit more polished a little bit better way to go to do that and um if it isn't well you know it's Eighteen hundred bucks. It's not a lot these days. It's, yeah, it's it's a pretty consistent product, yeah. and uh, yeah, I, oh, I and think the, as in terms of bang for buck, it's uh, you know it is you know, 
you know, in its class for what it is, it's a you know virtually un- unbeatable device. I don't think there's any- anything else that uh, well, you know delivers that sort of consistency at um, what starts at fourteen hundred and forty nine dollars. Yeah. And it's two things. There's two things to say. First of all, the battery life thing is just incredible. I mean, going all day, being able to leave the house in the morning and get home without having to recharge. Is, is just fabulous but the other thing is is well you save the weight of having to carry a charger around all yeah, day yeah uh, when, when you're someone that's out and out and about or yeah university students studying whatever though all those scenarios all the hassle of and, finding a power yeah point. and the hassle of actually uh, uh plugging in so i think those things that come with the new haswell based uh, you know systems really really stand out yeah that'll probably move on to other ultrabooks i'd imagine over the rest of the year but the other thing is is that you and i get to see an awful lot of kit um, in the course of our jobs and it's you know it's only every so often you pick something up and you think this is nice this actually feels nice and this is, and the macbook air has that i mean there are other products that have that but the macbook air has that in spades it's not just the branding it actually is um you know a beautifully designed product well it's taken me a little while to come around on it and i think you know when it when it first came out yeah it kept coming across Situations where people were damaging these things because yeah. because it was this, uh, you know, not as robust as a, as a as a MacBook Pro, and I think what we've had to do is is learn actually to treat these things with a little bit more respect, a little bit like with cell phones. The old cell phones were so big and yeah. and chunky, you, you could you could drop them. I mean, I remember people running over them, and remember you know an old Nokia that uh, you know one of my staff left sitting on top of my car and I drove off and it, you know spun around a corner and this phone just goes flying off you know on this you know stone uh, street and bouncing along the road to pick it up put it back together and you know uh, you know <laughs> away we went no 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 problem flush them down the toilet uh, fine yeah, yeah almost <laughs> that um, so I think you know we've had to we've had to learn now with with these uh, you know with our smartphones that actually they're they're a bit more fragile now they've got the you know well, bigger screens and very you know various elements that make them fragile and i think you know the same is uh, you know is the case with a lot of uh, a lot of our laptops yeah. uh, now as they as they, as they you know slim down and so on but the um, yeah the Mac, the macbook is just i mean the macbook air is just a plain nice thing and um, and it but it's also um, a good piece of kit for working with as well hmm. Um, it's got everything really, so it's, all right. You know, no no question for me. Well, talk, talking about another uh, another device that, that uh, you know seems seems to be now starting to gain a little bit more attention uh, in New Zealand, and uh, and that's Microsoft's Surface Pro. It's yeah. a nice device. It is, and I, I've, I guess was, yeah, I've been using it uh, using it a bit more over the last few weeks since it was uh, officially launched here. In fact, I had it out at a meeting today and using the stylus, and you know, I find it actually works quite well once you get used to using it that way. And I'm someone that you know traditionally you know likes to use a pen and paper quite a lot. I will take my laptop into meetings, but some people, you know, in some environments that doesn't work, or it seems a little bit rude to have your your laptop screen up and so but a, on. But a stylus and a screen's fine, I think. Um, well, my my view on this is just what? don't lose the uh, the stylus. I'm on my second stylus. Oh, really? Uh, there, there is. Yeah, you've got to you've just got to treat it like it's a uh, you know a good Parker pen or something like that. You you, you keep it on you. Uh, don't use the magnetic uh, 
clip to clip it to the side oh. of the uh, the Surface Pro because it'll get bumped off. Uh, usually, I find within uh, you know the time it get, takes me to get from wherever the meeting room is back to my car, and uh, oh, where, it, yeah. where did that stylus go? And they're about yeah forty or fifty bucks a, yeah. th- a throw, so uh, you don't I, want to be dropping them uh, every day. I remember the um, same problem with the Apple Newton. Um, the thing about the thing that strikes me about the Surface Pro is almost why would you want to buy another Windows laptop? Well, okay, you might need a bigger screen, but if you don't need a bigger screen, I don't know. It's it's the Windows laptop. It's the go-to Windows laptop for me. Yeah, I think yeah, the Surface Pro is. is I think it's a pretty exciting device. Where where it, where I f- I find it uh, it lets me down is just when I'm looking to the future, and I guess I'm you know when I when I look across at the MacBook Air. Uh, that is the future because it's got the Haswell, uh, you know, chip in it, which gives it that awesome battery life. And, oh. then, and then I look back at my Surface with its, oh. you know, four, four or five hours. But Paul, Paul, and, Paul. and I feel so let down. So I'm looking forward to there being a Surface Two. No, 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 no. The one you want to buy is three point one. <laughs> <laughs> Any Microsoft product, wait till three point one. It'll be brilliant. Excellent. All right. <laughs> no, good, good advice. But uh, I mean, what we expect is there will be another Surface yeah. Pro in the next few months. So I mean, if you're sort of sitting on the fence and wondering oh, is that is that the right fit but it's the sort of device you're interested in i think what we're going to see is we're going to see the surface pro with with you know much better battery life and we're likely to see a 3g option now you know how that pans out for a new zealand market i don't know but i you know i would um you know i would very much expect that you know that's something that microsoft are going to manage to you know squeeze into the next generation uh because it's something that people have complained about in the in the first uh generation i'd also like to see some sort of a keyboard that um is a you know a, a little bit sort of stiffer and you can sort of dock into it so you can turn that surface pro into into a laptop for those occasions i touch uh, type, which, is, where, which would be helpful you yeah. know like what i'm doing now on my laptop with yeah. with sort of uh, one one hand on, on on my lap and uh, you know it's uh, i'm i'm lean forward so yeah it's um, yeah there's a few situations like that where the uh, surface pro doesn't fit but overall really cool device and you know, I like being you know back in that world of being able to scribble digitally. It takes me actually back to my uh, Palm Pilot days of, of of the nineties, where I used to uh, you know scribble with the uh, with with the stylus with what do they call it? Graffiti was their uh, yeah. their, their writing language uh, found, in, into I, the tablet. I found the um, the um, Surface Pro's um, handwriting recognition works as well. Surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I mean Microsoft have been delivering that uh, handwriting recognition for well over a you know a, a decade. Those you know early, earlier but it's tablet now. Windows <laughs> versions and uh, and so on. But uh, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Now we've also got a, um, another device here, the UE Boom. This is um, the uh, product uh, UE being the Ultimate Ears brand, which uh, which Logitech uh, bought out. I don't know how long ago they bought it out. Maybe a couple of years ago. I think so. Yeah. Um, but you know they've made very high end, um, you know, in ear, uh, you know, headphones. And uh, there's a range of other devices they're starting to bring out. And and the Boom is a battery powered. Um, you charge it up with uh, a, US, a USB connection. Uh, it's battery powered. Uh, a battery powered speaker. Uh, that's. Um, it's re- reasonably small, but it puts out a massive sound, doesn't it? Yeah, boom is the right name. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I like so it's, it. So it's yeah, it's it's um, 
USB charging, uh, but it's got uh, it's got blue, you know, it's Bluetooth based. But one unique thing which we haven't had a chance to test because I'm waiting on a second one to arrive uh, is you can actually link uh, at least two of these together. So if you want more sound than you can get out of one device, or uh, you know, maybe. Um, yeah, you, you've got you know multiple people there. Maybe you're trying to just you know fill out a room, uh, you know, with some sound. Then uh, you can link you can link these together to uh, you know to double up or um, you know maybe even triple up the sound. I'm not sure if you can do it with more than two, but well, uh, I yeah. wonder if you can. I wonder if it separates out the right and left channels. Uh, yeah, you've got the yeah. option to um, either have both of them in stereo, so right and left are on, you know, on both yeah. units, or you can make one unit do left and one unit do right, so yeah. you can actually, you know, put one, you know, them on either side of a of a room, for instance. So they're quite smart in those regards. Yeah, uh, like and there's that. a control app for uh, for Android and for uh, for iOS. Yeah, it's a neat thing. Uh, so yeah, so there's, uh, I mean, there's uh, there's always little cool. Um, Cool products coming through, and uh, yeah, this was this was one that uh, sort of jumped jumped out. It's been, I think it's been available for uh, for a few weeks, but uh, we've only just got around to uh, um, to getting our, make, our our hands on it. Make a good Christmas present. Yeah, they're uh, they uh, what are they coming in at uh, two two nine nine? I think is the um, is the recommended retail price uh, in in New Zealand, although. Um, I noticed that there's there's a few of our local retailers that are doing them at um, three about three fifty. Um, wow. So I'm I'm not sure you know why they're selling them above uh, uh, above above retail. Um, that's re- I thought that was quite unusual actually when I went when I went looking. In fact, I found different. Um, Different prices and in, in different places as I looked around uh, online for uh, f- for the product. I think two uh, two hundred US is the US price. Uh, so yeah, three hundred, uh, including GST, sort of sounds uh, you know sounds about right yeah. for uh, for the New Zealand market. Um, is this something that you would uh, you'd use? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I think um, I think I'll be looking at buying one. The the competition that's been around for um, for some time is the uh, uh, also uh, Bluetooth based um, uh, Jam Jambox um, that that's been uh, that's been around for uh, for a while. But uh, yeah, from from what I can see, my first play with uh, from from Jawbone, so the Jawbone Jambox. Um, but yeah, from yeah, my experience with this, it's actually uh, it's a it's a step up on uh, it's a step up on the uh, on the jam box for uh, for for portable sound. Um, debatable which of them looks sort of cooler because they they both um, you know got got quite a um, quite a nice uh, look to them. Um, but yeah, pretty uh, pretty handy. Uh, now the the other thing which uh, I think the the boom. Uh, has uh, that was one of the features of the uh, uh, the jam box is that uh, Bluetooth calling as well. I think the Boom can uh, can do Bluetooth calling. Although uh, that said, I haven't had a chance to play with it. So if that's something you're looking for, do uh, do double uh, double check that and maybe give it a bit of a test run. But there are lots of uh, retailers like JB and so on that have uh, that have got these in stock now in New Zealand, I believe. So worth a little bit of a look. Um, but certainly a nice accessory to go with your uh, smartphone if you wanted to rock out a little bit. Uh, now, another little uh, local story. Um, ASB are doing something quite unique. Uh, they're launching this week a, um, 
a new Facebook app. And, yeah, I, I don't know if you've read about this one, uh, yeah, Bill. Yeah. So, uh, you know, often when people have, you know, uh, you know, competitions, they, they, you know, they just do the same sort of same old thing that everyone's always, uh, always done. It's a of interest, isn't it? Yeah, know. so uh, so what they're doing, it's a little bit of a, comp- a, little bit of a competition. I think they're doing it weekly for, uh, for, for four weeks. And uh, what happens is there's a, um, the prize, each week they give away the prize of basically a discount rate mortgage, yeah. or if you don't want a mortgage, I think they'll have, they have a cash prize as well. So anyone can enter and you're going to, you, you know, you come up, uh, you know, take the money. You, yeah, you, you'll you'll do all right regardless if if you happen to win. But uh, the way they do it is that the interest rate uh, for you know, if you want want to sign up for this mortgage with them, uh, it's going to come down based on the number of people that actually like the app on that uh, on that given day. So if there's a whole lot of people that jump on, um, they're they're going to give away a really really cut price uh, mortgage by the sounds of it. Do you think this is going to uh, going to work? So, I mean, it's just doing something different, I guess. It's got us talking about it. Do you think um, there's going to be enough interest in it that people are going to like it and share it and that, that you know, well, ASB will get enough free publicity out of it that it was worth the cost of building the app? I mean, you can imagine, you know, building an app like that, you know, building this, this Facebook app and, and, and promoting it and so on will have, uh, you know, no doubt cost them a, uh, you know, a pretty penny. But uh, look, ASB is doing some really innovative stuff with technology and social media and so on, and that's that's just brilliant. And and I like the fact that they're trying lots of different angles, lots of different ideas, and so on. I I'm still not 100 percent comfortable with the idea of banking through Facebook. I think I, I mean I'm I'm quite happy with my bank's website and so on. And you know the last thing I want. Facebook know everything else about me, and they yeah. sell, you know they sell that information to every government around the world. I don't want them knowing how much money no I've doubt. got as well. No doubt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, this is something they've done in partnership with uh, with Saatchi and Saatchi. Um They're calling it ASB Like Loan. So if it sounds like something you're interested in, if you really wish you were, you could get a lower rate mortgage, or uh, yeah, you, you're interested in social media, then uh, yeah, d- definitely uh, definitely go and go and have a look. Yeah. We'd be interested in hearing what people's feedback. Is this, is this uh, you know, something you're into or um, you know, do you just hate that thought of uh, yeah, your bank being involved in, in the social media world but at all? F- but for an idea, 10 out of 10 ASB. Mm. Uh, now, uh, two products that we've got here, we've managed to get hands-on uh, really early on a couple of new products. Uh, now, we've got the new, um, it's the Huawei uh, P6, isn't it? Um now you've you've seen that one. Yeah, it's the, the uh, iPhone yeah. lookalike. Yeah, well, it, 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 it's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I put up a um, um, you know a, a photo on uh, on online of this just to uh, just to see how how you know how people would respond. I didn't show the whole thing or the uh, uh, Huawei um, you know logo, but the um, yeah to Huawei um, Ascend P6 coming in um, in euros at uh, about four hundred and forty nine. I think they've listed it at which we. We did a quick translation, worked out to about seven hundred and sixty New Zealand dollars. By the time you bump GST onto that, uh, we're looking at around nine hundred. So uh, thick end of a thousand. Nine hundred New Zealand dollars yeah. if they do a direct conversion. Uh, we often find the prices actually end up being a little bit steeper once they uh, uh, once they reach New Zealand. So this is a pretty high end uh, phone, and it's certainly got that you know a, a really uh, nice feel and, and a finish to it, uh, but. We're talking about a brand here that is considered a discount 
uh, low-end brand, yeah. and we look at the specs of the phone, uh, and they're not really that. It's not really at the top end of uh, of Android specifications, is it? It's not the, the full HD screen that we've uh, seen from uh, uh, Sony and, and Samsung and their and uh, their top phones. It does come with the latest version of Android, four point two two. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm a little bit unsure about that um, about that pricing uh, for what it is. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's a lot to ask. I mean, bear in mind that that's more than you can get a BlackBerry Z10 for, which is you know a very nice smartphone too. Um, and BlackBerry's got that sort of corporate cachet, which Huawei doesn't really have at this stage. So I don't know. I mean, maybe 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 it's the sign they're trying to move up market. I think they are, you know, and it, and it makes sense, you know. I mean, Samsung went from, you know, where, where they weren't a particularly well-respected electronics company, uh, you know, over the, over the last 10 years or so, uh, they've really, you know, really transitioned uh, into a very, very well-respected company, you know, such a focus on, uh, you know, on, on making good quality stuff and, uh, you know, obviously marketing themselves very, very well also. Uh, and they, they make good profits doing that. But if you're just at the bottom of the barrel sort of competing with all the other low-end devices, pretty hard to make a profit, yeah. isn't it? Uh, and, and no one does except Samsung in the um, Android market. So, mm. well, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, so um, in terms of uh, yeah, in terms of specs, it's got a 4.7-inch uh, uh, 720p uh, resolution uh, screen. Uh, and... Yeah, we're talking. Um, it's a, a dual core, um, a dual core uh, processor, I think, uh, coming in at um, sorry, quad core um, processor at one point five, uh, you know, gigahertz. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's um, it's reasonable, but it's not really the the exact uh, you know top of the line. Um, and it's got a micro SD card slot in there, and I think it comes with um, eight gigs of storage. So. Yeah, it's it's good, but I think at that price point, I would expect uh, I'd expect a little bit more actually. Um, good ca- uh, good camera, um, eight megapixel um, uh, camera, uh, and I think you've got uh, five megapixel uh, front facing camera as well, if I remember correctly. So um, yeah, but if I mean if you if you're looking for something a little bit different that lots of people don't have. Uh, this will be one of those devices. Um, haven't heard an announcement date for uh, New Zealand, but uh, but yeah, not uh, not too far off, is it? Um, so just one uh, one last gadget, and you've been looking at it. There was um, the new one from uh, Sony is the Xperia SP at six hundred bucks. Yeah. Much. So this is uh, this is sort of the lowest price point that we've got a four G uh, LTE. Uh, smartphone uh, coming into the market. I think we've also got HTC have one at the same uh, the same price point that we looked at yeah. uh, maybe a, a month or so uh, back. Quite a nice looking handset. Uh, in- interesting, the little uh, space at the bottom where you've sort of you think, oh, should the phone have just been uh, three millimeters uh, shorter, 
or is this cool? This sort of see-through panel bit that it uh, that it that it has at the yeah. uh, at, at at the bottom. I thought that too. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I actually I think it's fine size-wise. But you look at it and think, oh, they could have they could have shaved a few millimeters off there to uh, you know to to meet up with specs. It's a bit of a um, it's a bit of a heavier phone than the uh, Huawei one. It's a hundred hundred and fifty five. Uh, Grams, you've got a 4.6 inch screen, similar resolution or same resolution really uh, as the Huawei one. Um, it's a, uh, a dual core processor, so it is coming down a little bit in spec there 1.7 uh, gigahertz and uh, Android uh, 4.1 uh, that uh, you know that, that it comes with. So, uh, but the big thing is that this is a 4G phone, whereas the Huawei one is just actually a 3G uh, oh, really? device, which at that sort of price point. What we're expecting now is to see 4G in all of those top-end phones. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's fascinating that that uh, um, that, that one doesn't. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, the the Xperia SP comes in. I, th- I think it's got quite a nice look to it. Uh, and I don't think it's too far away from, uh, from, from being launched here. So I think it, w- what's good about this is we're now seeing a really broad range of handsets coming out from Sony at the higher end. Uh, that look like nice, you know, well-built, well-designed phones. Uh, they've got uh, they've got all the, the um, you know the latest uh, smarts in them, so you can tap the phone to the remote if you've got one of the the newest uh, Sony TVs and have the image uh, that's on your uh, on your smartphone screen bounce up onto your TV screen. Uh, so there's some you know some some good innovation there coming through where where Sony are integrating their products together. Yeah, yeah, it's a really nice space. I mean, the the, the sorry, a really nice phone, and it's a very busy space. The um, smartphone business is you know ultra competitive but you know the the um there hasn't been much in a way of new breakthroughs in the last sort of six months to a year and i noticed this morning um that a report from gartner says that the sales are actually they're now down to they're just growing at about four percent a year mm, mm. which is which means really that the what well, it, it could be that the big smartphone boom has been and gone um sadly yeah, well, I think I mean we've got half of the market now in New Zealand that that has a smartphone, and yeah, you know, over time that'll keep increasing. Yeah. But you know, maybe we've had the biggest jump over the, over the last year or two. Yeah, I, that's pretty much what I'm saying. That I think the the, the big the big growth period and development period is probably behind us now. Certainly at the high end, I, you know, yeah. I think that there's plenty of room for those people that don't have smartphones to buy the, the you know yeah. the lower cost two three hundred dollar smartphones, and those prices will come down. Uh, you know, you'll be able to get a good smartphone. You know, next year within that sort of hundred hundred and fifty dollar price point, I you know I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, whereas there's not much for that sort of money today. Um, now the other the other device finally we had here that we were, we were playing with earlier was that um, HP Revolve Eight Ten. Now this is a sort of a corporate device aimed, uh, you know, aimed at the you know the business users, uh, you know that that have been buying uh, you know high end uh, laptops. And uh, and ultrabooks now I meant to cover this one some some weeks back, uh, but we didn't uh, we didn't manage to get to it. But we finally uh, finally got it. Um, that's I guess that's probably our um, um, yeah our mistake for not not covering that one earlier. But uh, yeah, it's it's quite a nice device, isn't it? Uh, yeah, very much. I mean, it's and it's it's another one of those devices which is it hasn't really made up its mind whether it's a tablet or a PC or it's a bit of each and and so on. But um, nice, nice design, mm. nice feel. Um, and HP is just um, it seems to have got its mojo back a bit in the last year or so. I don't know if you feel that, Paul. 
I mean, we're, de- we're definitely seeing a sort of a broader variety of, uh, you know, of products, both at that sort of business end and the yeah. consumer end. You know, we, we, we've got the, uh, um, what was the new the new seven inch uh, tablet that uh, you know that we've been looking at uh, recently with Android? I mean that's launched in right at the you know right at the bottom end in terms of you know pricing, very competitive, two hundred and twenty nine dollars New Zealand for a uh, you know an Android uh, uh, an Android tablet from a you know from a big name, uh, and then you know right up to a lot of these high end uh, devices and the, the touch smart devices and so on. Uh, but I think this will fall well into that sort of corporate uh, space. Uh, you know, you fold the screen down and turn it into a uh, turn it into a you know a thick tablet uh, with with Windows 8, uh, and uh, you know you've got all the ports and bits and pieces on that you need. Uh, coming in around two and a half thousand dollars, sort of uh, you know starting uh, price point. Uh, it's the kind of thing, that which is pretty, you know, yeah. pretty typical at that yeah. at that sort of uh, at that sort of end. So, you know, I think there'll uh, there'll definitely be some people that are quite interested in uh, you know this sort of multi-use type uh, um, device. So, and and we'll see more of these over over the next few months. Uh, now, that's uh, I guess that really wraps it up for us this week. Um, we're, we're continuing to watch uh, what's happening with uh, PC World, Computer World, uh, reseller news, uh, and uh, I guess the latest on that is that uh, IDG Australia are taking over those publications along with uh, the CIO magazine uh, that was with uh, was with Fairfax. So there will be some continuation, uh, but we haven't really heard. Uh, Exactly what that's going to boil down to in terms of uh, staff numbers locally on the ground here in New Zealand. Uh, I guess the pick is that that's going to be uh, going to be you know either um, slightly or, or or massively uh, you know reduced in terms of numbers compared to what Fairfax uh, you know has had, which I think what about a dozen staff on the ground here yeah, in New Zealand tw- across those 12, publications. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, were, there were twelve people, and it's pretty clear that IDG will have fewer than twelve. But how many fewer? We don't know. Mm. All right. Well, uh, we'll uh, we'll keep watching that one. But hey, thanks everyone for uh, for joining us this week on the NZ Tech Podcast. Now you can find us online at nztechpodcast.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook, uh, Twitter. Um, there's a there's an NZ Tech uh, group on uh, on LinkedIn. Now, Bill, where do we find you online again? BillBennett.co.nz and BillBennettNZ on Twitter. Excellent, and I'm pretty easy to track down. Just Paul Spain on uh, on Twitter, uh, and you can get my Tech Jungle blog via GeekZone or TechJungle.com. Thanks, guys. Catch you on the next episode. See ya.